and gentlemen, welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast. Coming to you from the Michigan Sports Entertainment Platform, I'm your co-host Jerry Liu, and joined with me, as always, is our creator, founder, intrepid leader, other co-host, Zachary Penser. Zach, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm all right. Don't nobody worry about me. So we're going to try and ease right into this uh, casual... Uh, podcasting routine for everybody going to give you a little bit of uh the players recap we're going to look at the valspar preview maybe talk a little masters got a lot of your questions we got some random stuff that we saw from the tournament that was pretty funny that uh we'd like to uh possibly bring up but um first and foremost zach uh how the heck are you have you been golfing at all so yeah i've been doing pretty well i've been in florida for the last two weeks finally back in the cold now though uh got my first eagle that was big news. Eagle on now. This wasn't like at a putt putt course or like you know, no, this like was, or as we call it down in the states, a pitching putt. Because if I get my first known. hole in one on a forty-five yard hole, hole, I I don't know how I can share that. Yeah, let it be known first of all that I'm an excellent mini putter. I'm willing to take on anyone <laughs> for whatever stakes. <laughs> mini putt's my game. <laughs> so yeah, it was on uh, the seventh hole at the Breakers course in Palm Beach. Hit a drive slightly into the rough, then from 140 out, punched it up there, rolled, hit the slope, what? and then what was nice about it, it didn't take any lucky bounces. It sort of just slowed down and then plopped right in. Did you get to see it go in? Yeah, sort of. Well, I'm like oh, half that's... blind, but. Oh well, but. Uh... But you could tell when the when the pill disappeared. Yeah, I that figured it, was, it must uh, have gone in. Well, that's good stuff. Nice, nice. I uh, that's certainly. I don't know too many people like in my circles. Like usually, if we hole out, myself not included, it's like from a hundred yards or something. Like I think I have one from one hundred five. I mean, I've I've been God forbid I've been playing golf thirty years. I have a handful of eagles, but most of them are just from putting on like stupid fours or things like that. But uh, but holing out. I can't beat you, but I can like half match you with I pulled out twice. Both were from 105 yards. Once was for a three on a part five. First hole at the course I worked at in Maryland. And the second was like on the 12th hole at that same course. It was in the rain. I remember losing my tee shot or my second shot. So I took a drop, hit uphill, couldn't find my ball, but I checked the cup and I was in the hole for a five. Whatever whatever, whatever yes. got me there, I hold out for a bogey. It wasn't an eagle. It wasn't an eagle. <laughs> You're right. But, uh, but I thought you told me at first when you texted me it was 165. I was getting... My it was dick like was 145 to 160. No exact uh, measurement. I'm not good enough that I could tell. Now, now to be fair, well, this was in America. I was going to say, you don't be trying to pull meters on me. Hey. Yeah, no, no <laughs> meters. Even out in mm. Canada, we don't seem to use meters, even though in uh, Europe they do on their tournaments. But for us, like the Canadian Open, it's all in yards. Well, I've always said, I mean, as we were just chatting before the show, how much I appreciate the metric system for its roundness and how it's Latin. And if you can speak Latin, you can pretty much count. But also, there's something not sexy about hitting the 280 meter tee shot as opposed to hitting one through 300. That's God there's just the a completely, <laughs> yeah, there's a definitely a different ring to it than that. Yeah, uh, exactly. So, are you eligible to play golf at all? Like, when when does golf season start in Montreal for you? Because Wisconsin, it was 37 degrees, no snow on the ground, and they uh, they were happy to be out there. I mean, I'll admit, I'm looking out my garage door, and it's 75, 77 degrees here on the Oregon coast. I mean, a little inland, which is insanity. It's gorgeous. I, I'm sunburned right now. Yeah, that's a joke. Hopefully, in a couple of months, we're able to tee it up here. Definitely uh, not uh, in March or April. Now, now, Zach, let me ask you this. This could be our Canadian fact of the week. Is there a summer? 
north of the American border. Fun fact of the week, not really. We have like a good week of summer. <laughs> we have a great summer. It's a great a time. But... Oh, Jesus. Oh, that's not fair. I, I I don't know where I could summon a globe right now, but in terms of latitude, I can think of places in Montana that get plenty warm and have at least a full summer. No, I we mean... don't have a full summer. Well, by full summer, I mean three months. Even when I lived in Colorado, is I'd say like, yeah, you had a one month of like, not guaranteed, but very pristine weather. I mean, yeah, everyone said, yeah, it can smell on 4th of July. I'm like, yes, it can. At 8,000 feet, it can do anything. Yeah, but, in uh, all honesty, we have at least a month of good summer. Our summers are great, hmm. though. It gets crazy hot, too. People don't realize that. Interesting. Which is very well, extreme temperatures here. That's something I appreciate around this neck of the woods is um, during the summertime when we get longer hours, like longer daylight hours, it can stay light up to like 9 p.m. Uh, piece of cake. I mean, that, and you can squeeze so much golf in. I mean, everyone's out there on the on the cliffs at the ocean just trying to like, oh, man, it's great. Yeah, with daylight savings. <clears throat> well, yeah, which is kicked in now for Quick us, question. So. Does anyone know how that works? Do you have any idea how daylight savings works? You know, I'm sure... Gino, my old accountant teacher at the golf academy, God bless you, Gino. He would always do a random uh, trivia to start the day, and that seems like something that he would have brought up, or I've heard a couple times before. But it's like craps at a casino. I've learned how to play craps five different times, and I've forgotten five different times. Like something we need not Gino sticking, on. So. We need to call Gino up and get him to explain it to us. Well, I'm sure it's just a Google search away. But like I said, I'm keeping the phone over there. I'm uh, I'm doing this old fashioned and oh, yeah, whatnot. We can't so. do that. If we get to that, then we're gonna lose this whole stream. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I um, well, good on you for playing some golf. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to play some golf in Canada. I mean, do you were you visiting family down in Florida? What yeah, were you doing we have on uh, our vacation. We have a family. We have a house down there, so we're there fairly often. That's okay. Cool. Because I, I, you, since we've been uh, acquainted, I, you've been there before. Yeah, so yeah. we're there pretty like, often. This guy's, this guy's been to Florida more times than I have in my lifetime, and he's done it in like three months. It's not too far for us. Three hour flight. That's, that's true. That's true. That's true. Well, uh, sadly, I am not playing very much golf. Uh, we'll just, uh, I'll be anticlimactic to your uh, deuce there. Um, I do have a tournament I'm playing in on Monday the twenty fifth at Bandon Crossing, just south of town. Not affiliated with the resort, but a great uh, track that maybe another day I can rant about. But uh, it's um, me and some friends or some type of format. I don't know. I I got wrangled into it. I went to the range a couple days ago, hit 20 balls with like an eight iron, six iron, four iron. It was so disgusted. I just took my clubs and left. I just like, it's just not, I got a hundred swing thoughts and they're all really good. And I can't remember what number one was. And I can't pull the GD trigger <clears throat> i'm sure that i'm so, sure you're pretty good so is this like a serious tournament or like more I'm like sure a charity not. event i'm i'm sure it's i don't this isn't a technical term but it's like probably like one of those like scramble format f-off tournaments put on by the fire department or something with like a, a pig roast and like you know all you can drink beer and okay. stuff like that it's uh well yeah it's hey listen i've only i that i can remember i've only been drunk on the golf course twice and one was actually was just this last christmas and, and it's not pretty. No, no. Well, see, like I said, like I remember, Zach, but the only the two times I remember distinctly where I got loaded and my game started off good and went to pot, I was not happy with myself, especially when you're paying ballpark effing prices at the golf course for a beer. They consider Tecate like, oh, like Cristal. I mean, oh, I mean, it's, it's not fair. 
Yeah, so you only remember tw- two. That's, uh... I, well, I specifically remember playing at a golf tournament in, uh, ironically, the course I want to become an assistant pro at out in Maryland, where Rick Dempsey, uh, of, I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame, I don't think so, but a Baltimore Orioles catcher for many years. He, uh, like, he's just a local, like kind of like a Ron Burgundy anchorman type uh, in uh, Baltimore, just kind of like local. He just drinks before games, sportscaster, whatever, owns car dealerships. And I remember... We were playing in this tournament, uh, uh, scramble format, and in my team, I was probably as an 18 handicap, and I was usually the ringer. Like I was playing with 330 handicaps. It wasn't. It was an event event. These guys are just awful. We just like get a good day off of work when we're in the service. So, uh, essentially, long story boring. I helped birdie. We birdied the first two holes using my drives, my approaches, my putts. Like my approaches were two feet to the hole in each, and I'm not exactly an accurate player. I'm kind of a scrambler, Seve style, and. Uh, <laughs> I proceeded to take my flask, which I remember this flask for some reason was a tall flask and it was full of scotch, as you know me. And I find a big cup of ice and I pour the whole mf on top of the ice. And within a hole and a half, that thing was gone. And but from the, scotch after those first after those first two holes, they did not use any of my shots. Rick Dempsey wound up joining up with us and playing with our group. And I was like nervous and drunk and like topping the ball and like straight swinging out. And just, it was oh, it was bad. Yeah, I don't know how you could play golf drunk. It's hard enough sober. Well, and then over this last Christmas, uh, when I was down in Southern California, I was playing golf and I was just I was warming up for a while, um, having a couple cocktails. And then by the time we teed off on the front nine, I was playing good and I was cruising. And I just, but I just kept drinking. And then something happened around at the tenth or eleventh hole, and like a brick fell out of the bottom of the foundation. And like I just kind of, I almost. Things got so bad, I got so confused, I almost just quit the rest of the round because I'm like, things were going good, and now I'm I'm concerned about my state of golf. Like, yeah, I don't know how you could play, even like tipsy. Well, but that was like I said, I remembered, which actually got me angry, which didn't help. So I'm like, why don't I just? How about I just don't drink on the golf course? You know, just you keep smoking weed. That's fine with me. So, <clears throat> so shall we get Anywho. to the uh, recap of well, the actually, events that there happened? Were some, before we, well, I mean, I guess this is part of the recap. I mean, there was a lot of funny things that happened. We can get to that, but we got Rory McIlroy winning. Now, I didn't look at the stats, and I'm not going to say, like, look, he finally learned how to putt and blah, 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 or whatever, and look, he was going to win. Between Rory and Xander Shoffley, I'm the one sitting back going, shh, these guys are going to win a lot this year. Just shh, like, it's, I'm not picking them, but it's, it's interesting in that they said DJ wasn't putting very good either when from what i saw i didn't get to see there was so much the camera could pick up everyone was bitching about not seeing this that they couldn't see pepperell i'm like there's 18 things going on at once but dj shot 69 68 69 69 yeah near perfect was, score <laughs> yeah you saw that same tweet from no laying up that was uh, that was clever <clears throat> but the uh to think it's like he broke 70 for four rounds and yeah he got like a t3 or something i mean it's just well he finished 13 under and Rory was 16, Jimmy Furyk was at 15, and Pepperell and Vegas were at 14. So he got a, a T5 because there were a lot of guys at 13 under. He got a T5 for playing really boring golf. He played the same way almost the way Rory McIlroy played in the Open Championship last year when I said he kind of effed off to second place. Like he kind of stumbled around and didn't do anything great except he struck the ball tremendously. Whatever, I mean. <laughs> yeah, so DJ actually, he finished 66th for the week in putting. Which is uh, the number one player in the world. Not great. So, it's, like you said, it's pretty crazy that he mm. finished up there in fifth, <laughs> missing all those well, short think, putts. 
I think that definitely goes to the testament of his ball striking. And between him and Rory McIlroy, I know this isn't a fresh take or whatever. I've heard other guys say it, but when it comes to who golfs the ball best, I mean, you know who was who wasn't too fond of putting? Ben Hogan. You know who was also the best iron striker of all time? Ben Hogan. Like he won a lot because he didn't hit it too far from the pin. And DJ is a machine. And Rory is like a like a souped up sports car. Like these two guys are just performance. It's amazing. I if love Rory, when these guys if when Rory those guys are on, putt, nobody He would have ran away with this thing. Either sure, one of them. But, but but check it out. He's finally beat whether it's osmosis or just bubbling over whatever, he's finally won like putting good, bad, indifferent, whatever. He's uh he's in the winner's circle. So part of me is kind of eyeballing Augusta a little bit going thinking to myself if he keeps his laces tightened and can actually start i don't want to keep saying if only rory can putt because that's the only thing that i'm bringing up about him he's won now and everyone is giving him hand jobs left and right i mean everyone just calm down it's everyone's like swooning over rory again it's just like really it's man's 29 years old okay he's not even in his 30s he's gonna win more majors mark my words i i actually asked the kid at the caddy shack today i gave him the whole tiger question saying how many majors is Tiger going to win uh, from here on out? He said one. I said, that's a pretty good answer. How many more majors is Rory going to win? And he and I, he kind of flinched, and I said, he's going to win more than one major. He's, he, so. His career is not even close to done. He's a tremendous athlete, <clears throat> despite the fact he's only 5'9". I don't know. I mean. Yeah, no, it's uh, – I sort of think he, like, he could start dominating some of these events. Everyone was so worried without him winning. Even this one, like you sort of said, he didn't even putt great, and he still <laughs> – Beat all the best players in the world. All the, all the well, guys behind can, him, besides DJ, gained like five or six strokes putting, and he's there uh, even for the week. Well, you can take a minute, but uh, uh, tell me what Rory uh, was for the week, putting wise. What did he rank? So he finished 59th. He gained like 0.05 oh. strokes gained Ooh, compared to Jim Furyk, who gained four and a half. Well, that was. Yeah, Jim. Jim does this every now and again. Didn't I? Didn't I tell you guys over Twitter he's giving me fits, and then next thing you know, he was like in the clubhouse at fifteen under, and I just like raised the fear flag. I'm like, go, go. Yeah, Pepperell gained five point two. Vegas gained over five, and then you have DJ and Rory sandwiching them in all it's, with a zero strokes game putting. So, so maybe we could look at it like, so long as Rory doesn't putt bad. He can yeah, win. I mean, it's it, who cares? He won the tournament. I he mean. has to put average. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that I mean, and that's what makes me think like these guys. Why I like those two in particular for a lot of things. They're so dialed into their contact. They're so dialed into their striking and their game that it's just. I, I would say throw peak Tiger into the mix. I mean, who? I don't know. These guys are just like, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I I watch I watch these guys. It, Watching Phil play in person is a lot of fun because uh, he hits the ball uh, with tremendous action and you can hear it. And another one is um, Jonathan Vegas. Ironically, ironically enough, I saw him at uh, the Farmers a couple years ago. And distinctly, I, I, he was playing with Phil Mickelson in the same group, but distinctly enough, Jonathan Vegas's uh, exit velocity off his irons was faster and higher than anybody else out there. And I didn't know what that really added up to, but I was just like, wow, he's really hitting the ball differently. Maybe better, I don't know. He's hitting it. I, I mean, he, he only had a handful of wins, and they're mostly those events that are going on during majors, but... <laughs> yeah, or the uh, off-season. But now they're saying yeah, yeah, all that swing speed's too. a big thing. Uh, oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah, but it was a but, great uh, event. There were so many big names all at the top. 
well, not not to we have to address that I I almost put a it was a Jerry Lou's lock of the week when I said the winner was not going to be under par or double digits, and yeah. I was on I Friday Friday at lunch, which was noon around around the West Coast. I was dabbing my brow like because I had told a lot of other people at the shack that the winning score was going to be like nine under or something. And a lot of people bought it. A lot of people bought it. Hey, you're only so, off by 15 guys. Good Lord. Only, well, yeah, double digits on the guys that was <laughs> off. Thank you. I mean, this is, it's, the, the players definitely reinvigorated how much I appreciate that tournament, how much I like the course, because of what we saw. I mean, this the whole back-to-back of Bay Hill and Sawgrass is always a lot of fun, regardless of how tired we are of the course. But Sawgrass plays with no distinct advantage to any player whatsoever. So, yeah, I was a surprise uh, too. I was sort of rooting for Furek <clears throat> there at the end to win one. Would have made for a good story, even though I picked Rory. So now you know, tune I mean, in for winning picks. <laughs> and Furek, probably, most definitely, this probably sounds stupid for me hesitating on it. A Hall of Fame golfer for sure. I know he only has one major, but he's got a lot of wins, a lot of career. 17 earnings, wins. But, uh, yeah, that's nothing to sneeze at. I heard the benchmark these days is you got, like, not necessarily you have to have a major, but 10 PJ Tour wins. Like, if you have 10 PJ Tour, not 10 worldwide career victory, 10 PJ Tour wins was, like, the benchmark for potential Hall of Famer. So yeah. guys like Brant Snedeker could be a Hall of Famer. You would put Ricky Fowler in the Hall of Fame, wouldn't you? And that guy hadn't done jack. No, jack. if Ricky doesn't win a major, <laughs> I'm not putting him in. But in term, what if Arnold Palmer never won a major and he and he just so ha- luckily happened to grow the game like he did? Him, I would. Put I, in, I like. I was looking up guys in the Hall of Fame. Do you know George W. Bush is in the Golf Hall of Fame? Uh, w or Herbert Walker? The W. Um, I did not. I was not aware. Of him. I'm giving my Dick Cheney. I was not aware of that. I don't understand. Does it, it say so. why? Does it say on his bust like uh, what he did or whatever? No, it's just on I Wikipedia mean, I, unless someone was messing with me. Oh Jesus, Pete! Come on, Wikipedia says Daniel Tosh's middle name is Schmegma. Come on, I trust everything written on Wikipedia. It's your story about about Daniel Tosh's page. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is like guys like Ricky, in terms of his positivity, positivity, excuse me, or his appeal. Or his just like the attention that he gets, or how you grow the game, or whatever. I mean, hashtag grow the game. Um, I don't, I'm sorry, we're getting off topic about the old like ten wins gets you a uh, Jim Furyk. It would have been really cool to have a, a players championship on his resume. It seems like a lot of players have one of those. I, 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 we don't have too many multiple winners of those. Uh, I did look it up; it was just a handful of guys at two apiece, yeah. mostly things like that. But I could be grossly wrong uh, about that as well. A great part about this tournament. And a great part about this recap is there was hijinks galore in terms of everything from John Rahm and his caddies little conversation to what I want to talk about first. That guy, and I'm not going to say his name because I don't remember, and he's nobody, and I'm not going to promote nobody for no reason until I get famous first. But the guy with the Tiger Woods mugshot shirt. Absolutely amazing. That took some onions to wear. Like, I I like to think I'm, I don't want to say ballsy, I'll say brazen because that's like, half ballsy half stupid just just like get a reaction have fun i don't even know if i would do that like I yeah so for those like, who didn't see enough, it i don't know if that would oh for those who didn't see it some guy uh showed up i, I think was a tiger coming out to the first hole or was he making the turn at nine i don't even know i have no idea what hole it was he was wearing just... the a white shirt with a picture of tiger's mugshot on it 
Tiger looked at the him. One, the one I said he looks like shirt. a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, Tiger God. saw it, clearly saw the shirt, and then started giggling. Like, you could tell he was trying to hold in a laugh, and this guy, this guy went at it. He knew. That's the best part. I mean, because I feel like Tiger has every right to to have the guy excused or, like, to punch him out right there. And and I've been to these golf tournaments before. I mean, that guy, it's not like it wasn't a collared shirt. It was a T-shirt. It was untucked. I bet he was drunk. He was yelling at Tiger to see. So who knows if he'd been following him. I don't think so. But uh, but ultimately, I once I saw Tiger's reaction, I was overjoyed because I'm like, oh, Tiger's not upset. In fact, I, he, I don't want to say he was tickled, but it's like he knew he was trying to focus on the golf tournament. He knew he didn't have time to come up with a comeback. But <laughs> it, was just, it was nice to see <laughs> that. But. He, he was trying to hide that grin so much and he was i don't know if he's giggling but he was definitely like hiding a big smile <laughs> yeah some people might be mad that he's not as in the zone but yeah i feel like it's sort of nice to see him like that did you see his thing with kevin now also when he grabbed the ball oh, the whole oh that was so, i i didn't first of all i didn't know it was kevin now because he was wearing a callaway hat i need to keep up with the times but uh, that was tremendous because I kept seeing the end of that clip where Tiger was jumping in and getting the ball and I'm like, the hell's that about? What's he doing over there? <laughs> yeah, he's having Kevin a good Na, time. I've always liked Kevin Na. That guy's a smooth criminal out there. If he didn't hit the ball so low and so short to average uh, off the tee, I would pick him to win a lot more at, at the majors than Yeah, he I won do. last year some event. I forget which one it was. but was Yeah, but he also, took a, he also took a 17 on a hole. That was great. <laughs> it's an all-time YouTube video. Oh man, I I, I got to rewatch that uh, honestly. So um, so the mugshot shirt, gosh, oh god, that's that. I I still don't think I could. Even if I knew it'd get that reaction, I still don't think I would do that. I I have enough coof and respect to not do. That. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, and I'm and I'm a I'm, like I said. Uh, what did Hunter S. Thompson say? It's like uh, um, I'm not a terrible person. Multiple felon, perhaps, but nobody dangerous. It's just like yeah, yeah. I'm not a bad guy. I don't think I'm a good guy, but I'm not a bad guy. So. And I wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's, at least he took it well, Tiger. Oh, that was beautiful. So, evidently on the 11th hole, John Rahm and his caddy got into a little situation. Uh, give me give me the bullet points leading up to their conversation. Yeah, so Rahm came into in the, the 11th, the par 5. I think he was in the lead by one shot at that point over Fleetwood and McElroy. And Fleetwood hit his second shot into the water. Rom is in like these like little rocks. It looked like a bunker, but it was actually these tiny little rocks below a tree. And his caddy's telling him, no, lay up, lay up. This must have drove you crazy. And Rom's going, no, I'm telling you I could make it. One swing, dead center of the water. Not even close. There was John Rom had some, there was some debate, which I wish I could hear more. I don't know if that's his regular caddy or whatever, um, but... The- <laughs> He said something about he didn't like the line to the layup, like the way the line in the sand yeah, was, he, was going he more it toward, to be, uh, flat. And I'm right, and I'm saying L I N E, and I'm saying L I E. I mean, I mean, he was using both those in the in the correct verbiage there, and it's so weird that you would. That's why I see. I wish like there was a camera on it or something because I want to see his 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 situation as let's call it, because he essentially was electing to go for it as opposed to laying up. And then I first saw it on Twitter and had a, it was like a, it was a field day and a parade on Twitter because I'm promoting everything, uh, all things caddies out there. And the whole video was saying, like, do you see how how his caddy had to essentially 
like suck it up or like no matter that how he wanted to tell him this or whatever. And I thought it's obviously different on tour. These guys are professional athletes. Each shot is hundreds of thousands of dollars, especially at the players. Yeah. And it's, I get what he was saying, but as I've already said on the record before, I've only insisted a golfer hit a club once where it was just one of those things where it's like, no, I'm not giving you your seven iron. Here's your eight iron. This is the club you need to hit. If I say somebody here hit three when he's like, no, I want to hit driver, I'll toss him to the driver and be like, dad, enjoy. It's, I'm not saying your funeral. I'm just saying you do what you want to do. It's yeah, different on tour, obviously. These guys are taking it far more seriously. But I, I mostly I tweeted overall because I saw the video and I just retweeted it. And I said, every single one of us caddies goes through this once every 18 holes with your golfer, whether you are a golfer and you are getting along or you're not or you're with them for four days or one day. This usually happens about once where like the golfer will just say something and, and push their position. And then you saw the caddy, he just kind of like shook his head and put close his book went, okay. It's just like, you just got to sit back and be like your funeral or I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You got to do what Phil did. It might've been like five years ago or something where the, his caddy told him bones told him to take a certain club or to take a certain line at the hole. And he just went mm -hmm. right over it, over the trees. And then after he hit it, he's like, yeah, I didn't want to tell you. <laughs> Yeah, but there. But I do distinctly remember that uh, I forget which hole was at Augusta, but it was the final round, 2004 Masters, the one where Phil won his first major. I remember sitting and watching every single shot of that round, and the camera was mostly on Phil, and a little on Jeff Maggard, I think. But anyways, it was. Um, I remember it was the second hole was the par five, fourth hole was the par three, so it had to be the third hole, I think. Very short par four, I'm pretty sure, like 340 yards or something. And Phil had his hand on the driver; he wanted to hit the driver, and they, somebody said like oh let's go down to the third tee where we can hear bones pleading with phil again and uh, essentially there we normally never got an insight to this but it was the first time i ever heard them like interacting like they finally got a microphone like right up one of their butts or something and it was bones pleading with phil saying no just hit the two iron hit the, just put the two iron right up the right side just please we and he's looking at bones and phil's just like looking up the fairway kind of like 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 a kid seeing the ice cream truck come and he can't tell he's like blinking at it like oh and he's just like, and he's got his hand on the driver and Bones is sitting there just, Bones looks like he's about to quit Romeo style, Tim Cup wise, like where he's just like, hit the two iron, will you please just hit the two iron? Phil winds up hitting the two iron and then like to 120 yards and which was his number all day. Every single wedge he had was from 120 yards and he hit, he just throwing beautiful cut darts. They were just amazing. But to be fair, the whole, their whole relationship leading up to that, not saying it was a turning point or whatever, Phil never did what bones ever recommended not saying bones always suggested a layup or whatever, but bones would give his input and Phil would just say, Nope. And grab the driver and go for it. Like bones has never had to plead because he knew he would never get listened to. And there, there they were at the final round of the, of the masters and Phil's sitting there. I'm not going to say it was because of bones that he won, but Phil was sitting there just staring up ahead, like in the light, like I got 16 holes left. I got a one shot lead or whatever it was. And he kept marching and, and bones is sitting there like trying to snap out of it and be like, Hey, you've hit the two iron two twenty really good. They'll leave you 120 out, which is our number. Will you please just look at me? Look at me! I mean... <laughs> That's uh, life of a caddy. It's, and like I said, I've only done that to one person. And looking back, it was a very average loop to begin with. Like, it wouldn't have... If you would have hit 7-iron, I probably would have muttered to somebody in the group as I'm walking away. Like, just be like, okay, we're going to cook it over. Or just whatever. But, or hope he chunks it so we're the right distance or something like that. But... And then another thing so, I noticed, did you see in the third round, Furyk, when he hit from on the 18th with his feet <laughs> on the wood? 
I like, yeah, I like to compare um, his approaches on number 18, even though that one where his feet were on the wood didn't reach the green. He, <laughs> I wish I could get a side by side right now of the video because on the fourth round, when he hit his wedge in 18, he was marching it off. Like yeah, he was walking yeah. it in. And then I immediately had a flashback when he was hitting the ball with his feet teetering. I'm like, oh, he marched off the same way. Like the second he hit the ball, he was running after it. <laughs> yeah, so for that, what I don't get is at that point, he's like well in contention to win. He ended up losing by one shot. And on that one shot, he decided to lay up with his feet on the wood. If I'm him, these guys are playing for hundreds of thousands of dollars. He's on the last hole. Just hit it normally. Worst case scenario, you fall in the water. You make for good TV. 100% I hit it the same way. If I fall in, I fall in. If any, There's a few guys standing there with their swings that shouldn't be swinging near the water, like John Daly. You know, DJ comes to mind, you know, some of those big fastest swingers, Jesper Parnovic or whatever. Jim Furyk is a swing I wouldn't trust around, like, the kiddie pool. <laughs> Eva, who cares? He falls in the water. He falls in. It's Look, I get hole. it. I mean, I don't know. He might be like a cat. He hates water. I, You know, that's that's very interesting. This is so much money really... they're playing for. He lost a stroke. Well, pro- One shot is worth, like, at least $100,000. Fair. Fair. No, that, that's very, very valid. And I wasn't really thinking about that until now in terms of it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. He wound up finishing second place by one shot so that could have cost him but that's also saying that steve bartman cost the cubs the world series when it wasn't the 17th no, exactly. thing that even happened if it didn't cost him afterwards. the win say it well, cost him 10th to 9th i'm not going to talk to you like a guy who's teetered on that same wall or any wall over water and and said you it's easy man up or it's hard don't worry about it i get where you're coming from but i've watched enough golf blooper videos of people falling in the water where all you have to do is just Focus too much on your swing and transferring your weight. Like, you see all those, uh, I mean, I know this is a little different, but you've seen all those videos of people golfing on ice. Okay, yeah. It never works out because when you transition your weight, one foot slips every time. And I know he's sitting there on the edge of wood. All I kept thinking to myself is, he hits this good. He's going to be hopefully bouncing on one leg and the other leg's in midair. If he hits this the right way. That would have been hilarious. I honestly thought he was going to take a drop. The way he was just sitting there, it was agonizing watching him that third round. I, oh, mean, I was praying he went in. It would have made for such good TV. I would have done it for the people. You're right. I would have, I would have <laughs> hit it, not fallen in, then like faked fall in. I bet. Oh, please. Just this for the people. The Nabisco. This isn't the, this isn't the LPGA craft Nabisco. And I bet you're the guy who watches NASCAR for the crashes, huh? Oh, yeah, for sure. What else, <laughs> what else do you watch NASCAR for? A left turn? <laughs> well... You know, to be fair, I don't watch for the crashes, but I don't watch at all. <laughs> I just, I'm too much of when it comes to the sport. It's like, hey, what's the point of the game? Not effing around. I mean, yeah, I like bloopers or whatnot, but I mean, that, that, I'm not saying that wouldn't have been good TV. That would have been great TV, but I was more so, I was actually nervous for him. I was just like, no, Jimmy, get off the wall. Take, I was hoping he took a drop. I was really wanting to take a drop. He is a bit older. He or turn over. What if Jim Furyk tried to swing the way he swings left-handed? Like he turns the club over and gets that little octopus loop going there? Yeah, uh, DJ would have done it. You see him hit lefty. Not too bad. It's not the same as the way he uh, swings powerfully from the right side. But yeah, he's. Uh, I saw that video. That was pretty cool. Yes. Most of these guys are jocks, and they can do that. I mean, case in point, you know how many, like, how many people are in this tournament? How many people are in the PGA Tour? It's just a few hundred. Then there's thousands of golfers worldwide that are really effing good trying to beat each other to get on tour. And you and I can't even touch those guys. We don't even get to see those guys. Those aren't even the collegiate players. I mean, when it comes to, I mean, that's, I've, I've talked with some web.com guys before and they're just like, they're grateful they made it that far. It's just so, yeah, it's, brutal it's become, it. 
it just becomes such a tough thing. A lot of people may or may not know. I don't know the exact figures today, but back in the day when I think my buddy Joey Russell actually attempted to go to Q school about 15, 16 years ago, it's a six round event where there's a cut every single round. And when you tee it up, you have to cut a check as well to as an entry fee. And I remember back in the day, it was like five, $10,000 a round. So you have to shoot like 70 or better six rounds in a row, cranking up, $7,000 checks every single time you tee off. With I think he quit pressure. after two days because he didn't have any money. That's Q school is the often not talked about most difficult test in any type of sport. That's yeah. why I, I love it when, when the tour pros get their their tour card. I'm just like, yes, give them the millions of dollars in endorsements. They earned it. And it's not like they're leeching off society or screwing things up. There's only a few hundred of them. Screw exactly. I mean, and the number 200th golfer in the world is probably like barely scraping by trying to make it. I don't know what the that's a good statistic to look up maybe for another time uh, or I'll we'll do it when we get off the pod here. But I do remember that in the year 2000, the number 100th money uh, money leader money rank guy was um, uh, Brant Job, and he made just shy of a million dollars. Like he made like nine hundred and fifty seven thousand dollars, and he was 100th on the money list. So that's pretty and, good. And uh, and that, and that granted that was 19 years ago. But, I mean, if you could tell me in earnings, and he was a very average player. Like, he had his own contracting business on the side, but that's what you do. Well, I mean, the top 125 I, I, make a lot. Anyone with their card. Course. But then again, you got guys like Greg Norman who, like, regardless of how good or bad he was at golf, he would still own vineyards and helicopter companies. It just it just so happens he's really good at golf, and he's kind of an athlete, too. I mean, I maintain Greg Norman didn't need to win majors, and he'd still be just as popular today. I mean, it's it, – it, I was watching uh, on – Oh, and by the way, everybody, if you want to watch good like uh, uh, Masters coverage right now, YouTube is playing a lot of like the final round broadcast from the a lot of the Masters, three hours uncut. I just watched the 1986 Masters where Jack had his back nine charge, and it was just a lot of fun seeing what these people were wearing, seeing like the like uh, the the sponsorships. I, I have a 1984 Sports Illustrated. From when I was born, and I like opening sometimes because the advertisements are fun, like the cigarette ads, the home speakers, the cars. It's just look wood paneling on everything. It's just it's just such a weird time and place. And uh, and I don't know your thoughts. I mean, yeah, no, I knew the Masters is on. They have a bunch of the rounds on YouTube. I've watched mostly the recent ones, but I actually should. I should check out some of the older ones. I haven't seen those guys hit very often. I didn't realize because I never watched the, any of the real, except for the highlights of the 86 final round for uh, for Jack at Augusta. And a lot of people may or may not know that was his 18th major. He won at age 46, smashed a lot of records, yada, yada, yada in that regard. But um, there was a great video. Uh, I get a lot of um, uh, clips and videos of Seve Ballesteros because uh, I'm friends with a lot of European uh, uh, folks in the golf industry. And they... Uh, um, there's this one shot that I knew was at Augusta. Didn't know what round, didn't know what year, but it's went on 13, my favorite hole at Augusta, when uh, Sergio, no, excuse me, Seve, uh, hit his, he had his tee shot, big tee shot, hit it right down to the middle, and then he striped a long iron. And I remember when you heard him hit iron shots, it sounded like like two swords clashing. Like It was great. And when he hit this one shot, he, you could hear him say, like he wasn't mic'd up or whatever, you could hear him like, whoosh, and then he goes, fantastica. Fantastica, and he starts marching after the ball, and it was, and he got it's like five feet for eagle or something like that. And uh, I was just like, I was like looking at my girlfriend, going, "That was the final round when Jack was storming up. Was the Fantastica shot? Oh, I didn't know that. That <laughs> could Fantastica. have been any Masters. That could have been any round of any Masters ever. And it was final Sunday of '86. So uh, 
And then I started watching the 97 one with Tiger, but then I stopped watching because I realized, oh, yeah, he already had a 12-shot lead going into Sunday. I don't care. He only shot 70 on the second on the fourth round. That's not stunning. Whereas his fourth round of the 2000 U.S. Open, I don't know what he shot, but he had no bogeys and a handful of birdies. He didn't shoot 70, I can tell you that much. So, so yeah, John Rom and his caddy. That's um, unfortunate. Jim Furyk was really rooting for you, guy. You're still 48. I mean, is he doesn't hit it very long, but he still seems to surface, you know, like a turtle here and there. Then there were two uh, uh, better than all but Tigers putts. Yeah, that was pretty cool, too. And you see that Vegas's was the longest recorded putt on 17. Yeah, I, mean, that's, uh, I was surprised by that. Given, well, now, given how Sunday pin placement is probably the most extreme in terms of dimension-wise how you can get the longest putt, that probably will be equivalent of in uh, North American, excuse me, American NFL football, uh, the San Diego Chargers had a uh, um, uh, a defensive back named Antonio Cromarty. He's famous for having eight kids with eight different women, and uh, or like thirteen with thirteen. It's amazing. I think it's thirteen with thirteen. Oh, so you know, thirteen okay. with eight. So, so anyways, we were playing the. I was. I used to be a Chargers fan. We were playing the Colts on a Monday Night Football, and it was great because the Chargers scrapped with everybody. But when we played Peyton Manning of the Colts, we seemed to beat his ass. Like he would always throw four to six picks for some reason. It was glorious. And this was a game where they tried like a really long field goal and they had Cromartie sitting under the crossbar. And you can, I don't know if you know this on a field goal, but yeah, this, you, you can, can receive it. the kick. Well, because so I'm he, from Canada, I don't know football. I don't know. Hey, I'm from American. I barely watch the NFL because I'm just sick of it. Okay. I mean, it's, I, I don't want to assume anything, man. Yeah, I, you'll I get apologize. to CFL rules later. That's even worse. But go on. Well, right, I thought you're from the city. You don't watch that uh, rural football league. No, not much. <laughs> Okay, so anyways, long story boring. Uh, this putt that Vegas had to me is very much like uh, so. Have you, do you know, have you seen this play that I'm talking about? No. So go on. Specifically, you gotta finish it. So essentially, he stood in the back of the end zone with his foot at the very back edge that he could and reached back to where it would be. It was under the crossbar, but it was like would have been going out of bounds. Grabbed it, proceeded to run all the way and take it to the house for a touchdown for what is technically the longest play that could ever exist and will never be broken, only tied in football history at 109 and a half. Yeah, I think I've seen that, 109 yards. yards. Exactly. So that's why I'm, I was kind of, I immediately thought of that when I saw Vegas. Because when they measured it, I'm like, well, it's part of a record and he was right there. That record ain't going to be broken ever again. I mean, yeah, I guess you could who's be, be there? higher up. I think you could be like, there was maybe 20 feet above him that you could have been, but even then it would have been pretty close to the same distance. See, and for as much as we look at the 17th, I forget the contours half the time because they're always throwing a new camera angle on us every year where I'm just like, wait, what? Oh, we're looking at the backside this year. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was pretty close to as long as you could possibly have. Mm. Anyways, that's a uh, yeah, good call. That's uh, a <laughs> I like that. So what about Valspar? We uh, we got Valspar coming up here. Yeah, so that should be pretty good. Not as many big names in it. A few guys heading back over. I think DJ Sergio. <laughs> It's still bigger field than I thought because last year I distinctly remember the Valspar is when Tiger like made a cut, remember, or something, or like he placed in the top ten or was actually leading a tournament or something. I mean, it was I, I excuse me, I was thinking of Valspar paint. I got a little gassy. Um, yeah, it's it, I really thought this was almost like the Honda Classic, so to speak, where it's just like, but if these guys are gearing up for Augusta, you know, you got to get a get the tool sharp. So I can just I'll give you my. Uh, my picks 
because they're stupid and simple for no reason whatsoever. I like DJ again is my favorite. That's what came out the machine. And he's at 11 to two, however you want to slice that. I mean, that's, he, he's, if you look at the numbers and crunch everything, he's going to be one of the top three favorites every single time he tees it up. I know I'm going to start sounding like a broken record or it might be unoriginal, but if you win three times, like let's just say I pick DJ to win every single tournament this year and he wins three times, that's incredible returns. I mean, yeah. depending on what you put down. And then my long shot for no reason whatsoever, but I'm sticking with an algorithm that I invented. Scott Stallings at 200 to one. I've been watching his swing last year on Twitter. I don't know if he's pranking us because I asked my girlfriend was he in a horrible car accident or something because he doesn't. He's said getting stronger, looking good, and I'm looking at his swing, going, "This is Scott Stallings, right? The, the former PJ Tour pro. This is terrible." And then uh, Genesis, he did pretty good. He uh, he's actually had a few strong showings, just surging up a little bit. So I like Stallings though, two hundred one. Yeah, he seems like he's been hitting it pretty well. He sort of came up. From the uh, dead the last year, yeah, a little bit. I mean, why not? It's uh, he's he's definitely uh, gonna, they're going to need to test his blood, urine, and hair soon because uh, him and Brooks Kepka are about to go over the top in an arm wrestling contest. So who are you? Pick? Yeah, so my Pick favorite to win grammar. is uh, Sergio. Got to oh, go with him. Yes. Yeah, you know, last year he ended up coming fourth. He shot six under in the fourth round. I think the winner was like minus ten or something, maybe minus nine. So. He clearly was able to go low. Besides last yeah, I forgot week, about that. oh yeah, he had a ninth and an eighth the two weeks before the players. So, I guess I, I just blindly stumbled through because I was drinking the tiger juice, whether I was even wanting to or not. So, uh, what's Sergio going off at? I think I saw it was like sixteen to one. Yeah, or he's something. sixteen to one, sixteen, fourteen to sixteen to one, depending on where you're looking. See, and that's the thing. That's why you and I were talking about. Uh, and I mean, we can share this. It's not like it's secret information. I mean, Odd Sharks is a uh, probably the most comprehensive in terms of getting a full field, which is very important. But then, if you were to Google this stuff, like you could just read it for yourself. I mean, it's the CBS Sports dominates. I mean, they use the same crummy headlines or whatever. I happen to subscribe to a friend that I know deep in. Uh, well, he's in the Tampa area in Florida, but. Uh, but that's uh, that's the last, that's all he tells me. He doesn't tell me much more, and then he, and he doesn't like to admit that much. But uh, he's the one who helped me get ten large on uh, Florida Gulf Coast a few years ago in the Final Four. Hey, it's March again. But um, I uh, we only had the two picks each. That was it. Yeah. No, so then I got I, my my long shot. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm my sorry. long shot Sergio, coming in at eighty to, to one. The postman, JT Poston. <laughs> And why why'd you pick him? So partially because he has like the greatest nickname that's been overused in every single sport. And then really? he, he's made eight straight cuts. Doing well. Wait, the, the postman? Or is an overused the term? There's the mailman. There's the milkman. It's always <laughs> You know, Melky Cabrera in baseball, he was the milkman. No, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, he was. With Toronto. Okay. okay. The milkman delivers. You're kidding me. You're no, I kidding swear. me. Oh, I'm embarrassed I didn't know that, and I'm embarrassed that that's, that's real. Come on, the milkman delivers. Wait, you needed to stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then... <laughs> I, I thought you were screwing around. You were going to say the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. I mean, other than Carl Malone, who's the mailman? That's true. We only got them. I We got one yeah. of each sport. Okay. okay but, He's but got a good nickname. But yes, it's great. The postman is good. Nobody uses it as a proper noun. 
but in American basketball or the NBA, you can post up a lot and be a good postman. But that sounds like you're playing back with like Elgin Baylor back in the sixties or something. That's true. And yeah, so he had postman. a great start. <laughs> Milkman. <laughs> oh, I walked right off a cliff on that one. <laughs> The milkman oh my god was, come on. i feel so, you know what I, the sad thing is if i would have heard that before i wouldn't be laughing so hard <laughs> like i would have been like oh yeah there's those stupid t-shirts i forgot oh it's so catchy <laughs> i gotta go on ebay and find <laughs> you gotta find some milkman shirt <laughs> the milkman delivers oh i want to the first thing i'm doing when i'm getting off the pod is i'm baseball referencing his stats to see how he did in toronto (laughs) (laughs) during his milkman delivers phase you could see there could be some deep stats on that if he was better as the milkman or whatever else all right well we (laughs) okay well we don't want to take up too much more time and we want to stick to golf but (laughs) jesus pete that's some good stuff all right so the postman with the (laughs) <laughs> okay yeah so the post all right uh, he's got this oh excuse me okay, 80 to uh, one. you want you want to talk masters all a little bit i mean we we are four weeks away exactly um i'm sure more of the same is going to shake out like rory's still going to look as good um i mean what say you in terms of yes yeah, so like is there any any speculation you want to make at this time i mean i haven't i haven't even looked at any lines yet i could have i know they're available but i have not so uh, so I guess this early, said, this early into the, I guess, four weeks before, we have some long shots that I would take some chances on. Oh, yeah, and name them. What do you got? Who knows in case. I figure their odds won't get any lower or higher, depending which way you think of it, if they lose. And if, and if they win, if it'll get shoot in, up. Well, if you get in now, yeah, I mean, you get in now, exactly. So exactly. what do you got? So one guy, like, sort of a uh, real deep long shot at 300 to one's Dylan Fratelli. The South African. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, those are delicious. Uh, He's been crushing it out uh, on the European tour. We got like Kyle Stanley. He's in terrible form now, but last yeah, year he was true. probably like sixty to one. You're getting him now at three hundred. Mm. Put a dollar on that. Nice three hundred coming back. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good. Um... What I need to do and what I'll do it before maybe uh, for next episode or at least before the Masters is I'll try to find some props that aren't just players to win. Like uh, we can see maybe what the over-under for the cut line is. We can uh, see what, um, you know, like my BS prediction on uh, relative to par and how far away they are to score. Yeah, what do you think the winner uh, comes in at? Are you asking me right now? Yeah. I I have no clue, man. The winner... They just pulled my pants down on Friday and played 36 more holes after that. So I'm uh, like, like I said, I haven't even looked at any uh, any odds yet. Really, I'm uh, best Canadian, and I'm already saying, and I'm <laughs> I'm already starting to drink like the Kool Aid still, where I'm just like DJ Rory, DJ Rory. How? Why not? I mean, besides, we don't know about DJ, like considering he was out last year, and like I, I want to see him play at Augusta. I, I know Tiger. I think he's still the favorite or second favorite behind Rory. Tiger's the favorite, at, like oh. 12 to one. Oh, yuck. Oh, everyone, abort. Oh, that's a sucker. Oh, so he's the third oh. favorite now. Rory's 8-1, to one, DJ's 10-1, to one, and Rose and Tiger. Don't say 12-1. to one. Yeah. Say 15, at least. 14-1 to one here. Uh, so how can uh, is 25-1, uh, even though he can't make a cut? Uh, 
Jordan's nobody's feet, making money on that, Jordan. Good. You put money on Jordan's feet. Nobody's making money on that this year. Not even the people taking your money. Yeah, they need to move it to like a hundred to one just to sucker people in. Yeah. Oh, those poor bastards. Oh man, Tiger's that. I mean, good for Tiger, but it's just why do that? What? What do you? What do you I feel like Joe on Arrested Development. Sh- 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 come on. I mean, what? Is Tiger? How does that move the needle in Vegas? I mean, you get everyone excited and whipped up into a frenzy. Nobody's gonna make jack. I mean. I don't know. Yeah, well, I guess everyone still bets he must on have, It's It's got to be the Tiger fan crowd. There's got to be that side of the gamblers, too, where it's just like, you know, there's the Tiger men in the gambling community who probably always bet on him. Like, I mean, just because. Just I mean, yeah, just exactly. it's be a double glorious party when he wins. So. It's like the Lakers in basketball, the Yankees in baseball. Their odds oh, will good. always be a bit skewed. Cause... Well, uh, listen, let's. Uh, I tell you what, let's get to the uh, – Let's Some have you questions. run the question section here because um, we just got a few more minutes. We're trying to keep this uh, brief for you so it doesn't cut off midway through like last time. We apologize. Uh, okay, yeah, it's a work so. in progress. And we are, but we are very happy to be the ones doing this. We love all the great feedback from you guys. It's, uh, it's, it's been better than I thought. You guys are really, really wonderful. And it's a lot of fun uh, just bantering with you. That's the whole point, right? It's just the banter. So yeah, it's been awesome. Get to learn a little so what bit. A, so we got most of these. I didn't get any questions coming on Facebook. Maybe I shouldn't have said that out loud. That's embarrassing. But uh, what did uh, I know? We both got some questions. I got a little antsy uh, when I was at the bar last night, and I started answering some. But uh, what uh, what do you got over there? Yeah. So we got uh, from Andrew Catala. He asked, "Which golfer do you think you have the best chance of beating?" So I guess for myself, I'll say none of them. Like in a wait, like in a foot race or? <laughs> yeah, in a foot race, <laughs> lots of them. Well, probably not anymore. Maybe twenty uh, years I, I, ago. I think- I think Tim Heron, I can outrun his fat ass any day. <laughs> I could beat uh, Barn Rat, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that poor sweaty guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's got such flop sweat out there. And I like him as a player, man. Don't be surprised if that guy wins a major. Like, I was going to add him. He's, He's like 250 to 1. I could see him not pulling. T- hey! Not too shabby. Dying. I like that. Okay, so th- Remind you don't me to get back you... to a story on him later. It's good stuff. On, uh, on Barn Rat? Yeah. Okay, uh, and I only say that because I'm, 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 I don't have his name in front of me. Otherwise, I could read it properly. Kirodekafi um, Barnrat. Man, let me just pick that up that you dropped right there. That name, nice one. Uh, so you don't think there's anybody? Because I got, I got one guy I think I can beat. So it's not like John. It's not like John Daly if he has a twenty on a hole or something like that. I mean, because he still shot a good round that day. But yeah, so I'm obviously not, not the good golfer of the two of us, but. If I, I'll put it into context and go with which golfer I think could have the biggest blow up, and I'd have to go with Smiley Kaufman. That poor guy. He uh, won once, and <laughs> since then he shoots every round in the 80s. Oh, it's my, the best thing that happened to me in one part of the Spring Break Boys. Um, so, real quick, uh, a thing I used to do as a kid was like anytime uh, Arnold or like uh, the old guys, like uh, Sandy Lyle, would still play in the Masters, like when Arnie would go tee it up out there and shoot 84 when I'd have a tournament that day or practice around, I'd go try to beat that score sometimes. And maybe like, Hey, I beat Arnold Palmer, but usually I didn't, but there's one tour player where if I'm playing aces, like we're talking, I can shoot like in the upper seventies, you know, 78, which I've done a couple times before. No big deal. I could take Steven Bowditch down. If he is, if he's like in one of his DUI years or phases, I'm not saying that as a negative pejorative. I'm saying, the man is a history. It's very public. It's very sad, but he seems like a good time. Well, DUI and, uh, is. Yeah. Well, yeah, if, I, if I catch him in the wrong wrinkle, like if, like Kalkovicki said, he had bad decades and good decades. So if you catch him in the wrong time, that, that, that's half the battle is uh, your opponent has to lose. You have to win. So if he can just, 
if he can just lose, you know, at life before we tee it up, and I shoot a 77, I could probably beat him. Yeah, I no, he was shooting in the 80s, like, more than half his rounds, which is crazy. Which, well, I don't do that. No, <laughs> you don't do that. No, no but for a PGA player, and he won. If we if we get him, like, super hungover or something, I'd have a shot. So, <clears throat> anyways, yeah, that's Steven Bowditch, and that's a total joke. <laughs> okay, so Great question, because, oh, man, that, that was a really good question. <laughs> next question. This one I could answer, I think, on behalf of both of us in one word. Uh, it was by at Leroy Jenkins 73 Will John Ram ever listen to his caddy? No, he will not. <laughs> then well, we the best part that. is how well the best part is how he said that uh, this is the new, more controlled John Ram. It's like okay, good, you're still not making correct choices, though. <laughs> yeah, and the whole the whole uh, the whole time on their coverage, they kept talking about how he's much calmer now. He's working with this bomb uh, guy. Who, I don't even. What, what, what's John Rom's problem? What is he like, twenty three or something? Jesus, he's acting like such a twenty three year old. Yeah, anyway, right away question. he blows up. <clears throat> so now we got we got this question from Nolan, our guy. He said, "What are some rule changes you'd like to see added?" Well, I I didn't want to cop out, but I was really thinking about this today. I was even asking the guys I was caddying for and the other caddies. I was just like, "What rule changes would you guys like to see?" And we all kind of had the same one: was we mostly wanted the flagstick rule changed. Other than that. Who cares? Just let us know. But because I saw what happened to my golfer a few times today, I would very much like to change uh, the rule about divots because divots are man-made. And even though you're, you may be a purist and you need to play the ball where it lies, unless you're a very, very good golfer, rolling into a divot is a penalty and it's not fair. It's not your fault whatsoever for hitting into the fairway right in the middle of the fairway like you were supposed to. You had your only good drive of the day just to roll into a little trench that you're not even good enough to like look at hard enough to get out of the divot. So That's what about you? Good one. Uh, I'm going to go, this might be a bit of a hot take. I'm going to go with the shot clock. Got to Maybe give them a nice two minute shot clock. And if they go over, it's like a warning, like they've added in tennis and second time, that's it. Stroke penalty. And there's you being the editorial genius that Zach is in that he took something that applies as we were saying, which we have two sets of rules. That would be a pro rule, not a, a regular. I don't yeah, want to say amateur, but that's the difference. Rule. Not an. I'll, let's just call it amateur. Like for the sake of even though these don't exist, from here on out, just between you, us, and our audience nomenclature, we I, like we. I want to advocate for professional and amateur rules. That's yeah, it. No, because it's... technically, any one of us is an amateur. If we go tee it up in a tournament. We're not making money. That little A goes behind your name because we're amateurs, not professionals. That's true. There should be different set of rules and that, that one is good because that is perfect for the pros it, it serves a lot of the purposes and troubles they need for tv time etc so forth whatever issues they have logistically and for us it'd be kind of rude if somebody's dragging a shot clock around usually if people see the marshal they start sweating anyways i mean even if he's just out there to say hey how you doing but no, if i'm playing with someone and they take like four practice swings pose at the end shout out uncle richie he knows who he is <laughs> <laughs> then uh i will start throwing balls at you or just hit multiple of my own you know <laughs> Gotta fair take enough it. no i i i get that but i'll admit at least in my circles like the slow golfers the few of them that there are whether they know who you are or not you will learn because nobody wants to play with you and a hot take that i put up on facebook years ago i, I just said it was probably my most liked comment ever i said if you're slow at golf nobody likes you <laughs> straight to and the I, point and, and, and real quick, before we get to the next question, I do remember the, the, in terms of slow play, I did have one golfer who had the best overall like temperament and retort to a marshal who said we were playing slow. And he was he was being argumentative, my golfer, but not combative, where he said, he's like, listen, man, 
I get that I'm playing slow. We're not really going anywhere. We're waiting on the group in front of us. My wife tells me I'm slow all the time. This is how fast I play golf. So you can keep telling me to speed up, but I'm not going to. Have a nice day. And he might have called him like a uh, a sea sucker or something like that. But uh, but beyond that, um, I mean, I just I, I appreciate the temperament. Was like, yeah, he knows he's not the fastest at golf, so get off his ass, I guess. I mean, whatever. But I, I like yours. And uh, what do we got next? Yeah. So this segues perfectly to our last question by Adam Kovalt. He asked, "Who's the slowest player on tour?" It's well, it, on purpose, it's JB now. Absolutely. Yeah, it's at the Genesis, like he was leaning into that. I, I, I mean, he said that word for word on Twitter. I mean, when he's plumb bobbing those 17 inch putts, I swear to God, he was smirking under that, <clears throat> that little Ewok beard of his. But uh, who do you, I mean, I have another one in mind. He doesn't really play active golf that much anymore, but who do you, who do you think? Yeah, well, I guess for sure the slowest, we have a unanimous decision on JB. So I guess we'll go to second slowest. I feel like it's got to be like Kevin Na or something. Hey, I mean, Kevin, well, that we have video proof that he, he was uh, being a little quick in the green, uh, pulling his ball up this week. Yeah, but, now uh, he takes it in good. Now he must be getting a lot quicker, I guess, after all his bad press. But sometimes he has problems pulling the trigger and all that. That's true. I have heard that before. Yeah. Um, I did say on Twitter how Padraig Harrington would uh, frequently pace off yardages when he was around about a hundred yards out. Like he would do that. And I, and my argument was like, as I said, how do you know your pace is exactly a yard? Even if you're off by a few inches, one way or the other added up over a hundred won't give you an accurate yardage that you're trying to seek by stepping out that whole way. So, um, was Ben Crane a slow golfer? That I know I Frank McClatter was fast. I think Ben was either one of those guys who was notoriously fast or notoriously slow. What about and Phil? And given that he was outspoken, <clears throat> eh, Phil, Phil will take some time to like think of like a creative like a uh, short game shot. But um, there's somebody who oh, you remember how slow Sergio used to be back in the day? Yeah, he like I'm thinking 2002 Beth Page U.S. Open. He would sit there and grip and regrip for 55 to 60 seconds. They 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 counted or whatever. I mean. We're, we're getting on guys' cases for taking 90 seconds to finally hit the ball after, like, strategizing or whatever. Think of think of strategizing for 90 seconds and then gripping the club for another minute. I mean, oh, my God, no wonder people hated Sergio even more. And he was flipping the crowd off in New York. It was, oh, it was magical. I mean. Yeah, and I guess lastly, we have uh, DeChambeau. He takes a long time. But he's always who calculating does? who knows what's going on in his head. Yeah, that's tough because I don't know. I think if you make him go any slower, it's going to change who he is as a golfer. And until they pe- – here's the problem, and I, I know I'm just saying uh, a mantra over and over and over. Until they penalize somebody, it's never going to be addressed. It's always going to be a thing. Yeah. So we're just almost at about an hour, Zach. Uh, how do you feel? I feel good. I feel pretty good. I feel like we had a lot of improvement on episode <clears throat> two. and uh, Hopefully, yeah. We're getting there, you know. Yeah, we do. Again, we are doing this over Skype. And um, I did, like uh, the vain person that I am, listen to our podcast to see how the sound quality was. So we get it. Um, that song that was in front of our uh, podcast uh, last time was surprising and delightful. I did not know it was going to be there, but it was fun. But uh, everyone just uh, stick around. Stay on board. This is uh, this is going to be a, a good time. I, I'm nervous every Monday morning now thinking about this, but I'm also excited at the same time. I, I mostly just want to be able to fill in, fill enough time in between the lines, and luckily I talk enough for the two of us that that can that's not too hard for us. But uh, yeah, I guess lastly we have one more segment of our fun facts of Canada for the week. Oh yes, that I'll give you the choice. Uh, Do you want a food fun fact or a geology fun fact? 
Spoiler real quick, is the food Putin-related, like uh, like uh, French fries and gravy? First of all, it's not Putin, it's Putin. Putin, excuse me. You don't eat the Russian leader. But, no, uh, correct, correct. Well, no, it's not. Poutine, let me, teach, me, teach me something new. Yeah, do the food one, do the food so, one. So, do you know that Canada <laughs> consumes more macaroni and cheese than any other nation in the world? Gross! More than America? Yeah. I thought we could some more craft macaroni. Well, not craft. No, Canadians are fat. Midwest. Oh my god! You know what? I'm gonna go have a Stouffer's macaroni right now, just to, just to try and tip the scales. Just no pun to catch intended. Up? This way, yeah. <laughs> Look, I'd love to do a random American fact, but um, I refuse. I'll I'll tag on real quick to your random Canadian fact, folks. Uh, they have loonies and toonies up there. So when you go to a strip club, it is not encouraged to tip the dancers because the ones and fives are in coin form, and that's dangerous. The ones and twos, and their fives are in bills. Okay, but but then again, if you're putting fives, tens, and twenties in the G strings, you they're gonna like you because you were just you may as well just light your money on fire. Yeah, you cannot throw ones <laughs> at the strippers. That's <clears throat> probably true, eh? Strippers here probably make much less than in the states. Well, as, well, you guys got that healthcare, but as Daniel Tosh said, you know, we make it rain with the bills, but you make it hail with the change. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I guess lastly, we hope everyone liked it and subscribe we're- and rate five stars. Yeah, yeah, we're on all platforms now. I, I only use the podcast app on my iPhone, and I go through iTunes, and I found it uh, easy peasy. Um, you can find us at uh, www.fromthebacktees.com. That's where you can get in touch with our entire team, email, things like that. But uh, mostly yeah. for me, you can find me on Twitter, at Jerry Lou Looper one what? And Zach, where can we find you or talk to you easiest? The app from the back tees. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he is from the back tees. He is I am the, from, the back tees. from the back tees. <laughs> all right, that's good stuff, brother. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this up? No, I think that's it, and we'll get ready for next week. We'll give a more uh, detailed look into the Masters. Awesome. All right, everybody, have a good week, and uh, stay in the fairway, be the ball, all the above. Have a good one.